Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Man, wasn't Good Friday just awesome to be in the amphitheater worshiping the Lord together? And just, man, that was so great. And I've just been doing this in every service this morning. I've been giving us as a church the opportunity to do this because, you know, our team's incredible. And the, the amount of work, you know, months and months of planning um, goes into making Good Friday at the Amp happen, bringing in our partners, Vision Rescue, Christian Surfers, um, and, and just, just the whole thing coming together is so... But our team just works so hard. And so I thought it'd be really cool if we as a church could thank our team for what they did. So can we put our hands together and say, can we say thank you to our staff and all of our volunteers? And we truly cannot pull that off as a church without all of our team and all of you saying, hey, let's do this together. And you know, it obviously blessed me big time Friday night. I was just beside myself blessed. You know, I just couldn't believe it was just so many people there and so many decisions for Christ and, you know, just just God being glorified in that place and whatnot. But the thing that blessed me the most is just seeing all of us, our team, just everyone just fired up, pumped up, inviting their friends, bringing their families, and, um, and it's just so good. So I'm excited that we're going to continue um, doing that for our city. We're believing for it every single year. We step out in faith and it's all good. Sound good? Yeah. We've well, got your Bibles. Why don't you open with me to John chapter 20. And if you didn't bring your Bible to church, that's between you and God. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. I like to have fun in church, so get used to it. Love the sound of Bible pages turning in church. It's just a good sound, isn't it? Like... John chapter 20, verse 1. We're going to read John's account of the empty tomb, which is obviously what we're celebrating today, Easter Sunday. Verse 1 says this, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, and you're going to see some humor in this passage, the one whom Jesus loved and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the, disciple, the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. <laughs> I love it. John's just getting a little, little jab in to Peter right there. <laughs> I got there first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen clothes lying there, the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with a linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the Scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Praise God for that. 
Then the disciples went back to their homes. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your holy word today, Lord. We thank you for Resurrection Sunday and to be in your house on this day. God, we're grateful for all that you're doing in our midst. Father, we give you the honor and the glory for Good Friday and all that was accomplished on that day, Lord. And Father, we thank you for today and what today represents, resurrection life that we celebrate, an empty tomb, Lord. Father, an amazing story, a true story of Jesus, the Son of God, rising from the dead. And through him, we have resurrection life today. Lord, we thank you for Colonial Kids, that they're also celebrating Easter today and learning and getting to know you better. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And we all said together, Amen. Amen. Everything we believe hinges on an empty tomb. It's what separates the Jesus follower from everybody else. We ascribe to and we believe in a risen Savior, not a dead and buried one. It's why we celebrated Easter. But we celebrate the multifaceted nature of this time. We celebrate, obviously, the life of Jesus. Jesus was alive. He came fully God, fully man, the life of Jesus. But then we celebrate the death of Jesus and the burial of Jesus, but then the resurrection of Jesus. It's what separates us as Christians, as Christ followers, as believers from every other religion and every other idea, every other thought. It's what separates us. We're separated people because of this reality for us, that Jesus rose from the dead and we serve a risen Savior. I want to talk this morning about that risen life. That's the title of the message this morning, that risen life. Why is resurrection life so important? Well, like I just said, it separates us. It's, it's, it's unique to the Christian faith that we serve a God that isn't dead, but is actually alive. And how can then resurrection life permeate through me? That's what I want to talk about today. And maybe today you can hear some things that maybe you've never heard before, or maybe they're just reminders for you. But there's something powerful on Easter Sunday of coming around to resurrection life all over again and understanding that it's not something for then in glory, but it's also for now in the season you're in. How can resurrection life find its way into and through my life? How do we attain resurrection life for ourselves? Let me show you a verse, a passage in John 11. Starting in verse 21, this is the story of Lazarus being dead for four days. And then Jesus shows up, and this is what it says in verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection. She's thinking then, she's thinking way out into the future at another time. And sometimes we as Christians can think this way. We can think about the then and forget about the now. And Jesus said to her, no, I am the resurrection and the life. In this moment, right before your eyes, I'm the resurrection and the life. Resurrection life. Whoever believes, believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. 
And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who's coming into the world. So this morning, this Easter Sunday, how do we come around? How do we get an understanding, a revelation maybe today for the first time or a reminder about that risen life? What do we need to know? What do we need to understand? Number one is this, we must die. That's a bit negative, Matt. I thought that was Friday. Well, it was, but it continues to be. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14, for Christ's love compels us because we are convinced, listen to it, that one died for all and therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live shall no no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Listen to me, friends. Death is for a saint the entryway the pathway, the portal towards resurrection life. It begins with a declaration. It begins with a surrender moment where you say, I die to who I used to be. I die to the way I used to live. I die to my own way. And I choose to live for God. It's the beginning point. That's why Jesus said to Martha, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die. It's because in death, that's when the victory parade for you and for me, it begins. That's the starting point. It's the ending of our old life, but it's the beginning of our brand new life in Jesus. And it's the beginning of that which does not end. That's eternity. That's life eternal with God. Because the death, and this is what we celebrate today, death has been defeated. The grave has been conquered. Come on, can someone praise the Lord this morning? That we don't have to have a full stop. But there's a comma on the end of our lives and we go on into eternity to the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? We just got to get a bit more okay with dying in this life. What am I talking about? Do you know that dying is just a part of the Christian life? Do you know that it's just that you die once and you get saved, but then you just keep dying to all the old things? It's this beautiful cascading life where you just die and you keep dying and you keep dying to all the stuff that you used to be. But through that pathway comes new life. Because as that which is, is killed off, that which is, is, is told it's dead, then that's when new life comes forth. We're all called to die to our pride. We're all called to die to ourselves. When I said Jesus is Lord in my life 20 years ago, that means I said death to Matt is the Lord of my life. There was a lordship change. We've got to die to our selfish ambitions and desires and allow our death of the old life to make a way for the new life. Some of us today maybe just need to make a little bit of room for resurrection life. And you do that by killing off the old life and doing away with all the old things to make way for God, what God wants to do. Let me ask you a question this morning. This Resurrection Sunday, 
What is it that requires some dying in your life this season? In this season, in this time, what needs to die off? What needs to be put to death? Because I want to submit to you today, that's what brings forth the new life, the new thing that God wants to do now, but also forever. Let me show you another verse, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 49. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the, the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be all changed in a moment. There it is, the old for the new, change. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we shall be changed. Friend, what needs to die? Is it an old habit? Is it an old sin that just keeps hanging around? What do you need to put to death? What do you need to say enough is enough? My old way, man, I'm so grateful that I don't think the way I used to think. I'm so grateful I don't act the way I used to act. I'm so thankful I don't go the way I used to go because what God has done in my life, he's put to death some things and I'm grateful for that. I used to be so much more selfish than I am right now, but I'm gonna keep dying and we've got to keep dying We've got to keep dying to the things of this world. We've got to keep dying to the things of the flesh. So number one, we must die to inherit the risen life. Number two, we must be born again. I'm going to preach the truth and shame the devil this morning. You must be born again. Risen life requires belief and belief in Jesus causes me to be born again. I can't be born again by clenching my fist and saying, God, I want to be born again. And open my one eye, am I born again? It's in my heart releasing my life to him. Believing in Jesus, like Romans says, that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead. The Bible says, I am saved. And in that moment, I'm born again. And I remember coming around this when I first said yes to Jesus and living out this life and just starting to take my first steps as a Christian. But I remember at that time reading these scriptures and thinking about it and thinking to myself, man, I've heard about these born-agains. I've heard all about these happy clappies. <laughs> I've heard about these born-agains. I've heard people talk about them. And then it dawned on me, that's me. That's me now. I'm born again. I've been raised from the dead, so to speak. That God has done something in my life. He has switched out my old life for a brand new life. That's the thing about the risen life is it requires us to be born again and we should embrace that born againness. What does it mean to be born again? I just wrote a few things down. The first is, when we're born again, we get a new heart. See, when you say yes to Jesus and you begin your Christian life, it's not like things in your heart change a little bit. That's not, that's not true. And it's not like your moral compass just gets a little bit better and your moral high ground gets a little bit higher. No, your heart doesn't change. You get a brand new heart. They get switched out. I'm going to show it to you. 
Ezekiel 36, verse 26. And I will, this is what God says, and I will give you a new heart. I love it. And a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone. There's a transplant that takes place. The old gets taken out. God gives you a brand new heart. And give you a new heart of flesh. The thing about being born again is you get a brand new heart. It's brand new. It's the greatest upgrade of all upgrades. A brand new heart. You get a heart of God. You get the heart of God put in you. So that's the first thing we get. We get a brand new heart. The second thing we get is we get new eyes. When you say yes to Jesus, when risen life comes in, you begin to see differently. You get brand new vision. You get brand new sight. You get faith eyes. I remember when I said yes to Jesus and then the next week I went back to my job. I was a Citibank settlements officer. A contract job. And it was, at that time, it was just a nothing job. But when I went into that office the next week after I'd said yes to Jesus and I'd started my brand new born again life, all of a sudden I saw things that were different. I saw things I'd never seen before. I saw potential in people. I saw lost people that needed a saviour. I saw sick people that needed healing. Come on, somebody. This is what happens when you get born again. You get new sight. You see things differently. The vision of your life changes. This is risen life. You get new eyes. It's what happened to the Apostle Paul, Acts chapter 9. and verse 17, so Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen to it. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight and he rose and was baptized. You get brand new eyes. Risen life means you see things differently. You see the potential in people. You see someone that's off the beaten track and maybe is struggling in life, but for them maybe, and can I just encourage you, you can have faith sight for them to get back on the path that they need to go. You get new eyes. The next thing you get is you get a new spirit. We just read it in Ezekiel 36, but let me show you Psalm 51 verse 10. Uh, David says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. When we say yes to Jesus, when we're born again, our spirit is revived and it comes alive. It's activated and it's beautiful. Something else that happens, we get new abilities. We get new abilities as a born again. New ability to do what? To overcome sin. No longer does sin overcome us, but we are able to, through the, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit working through us, we're able to overtake sin in our lives. This is how you know that you're saved, is you care more about Jesus and the things of God than you do about sin. It means you're overcoming sin on your way to the promised land called the overcoming Christian life. This is what I love about faith is that tomorrow can look better than it did today. And that there might be just like Joshua in the Old Testament conquered cities that we're called ourselves as Christians to conquer the cities of sin, to conquer the areas in our life, to overcome in our own life. But it comes with new abilities. It comes with new power that comes from the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 and verse 7, now in all, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him 
who loved us. So we get new abilities and number five, we get new power. The ability to move and operate with the Holy Spirit. This is what comes with resurrection life. This is what comes with risen life. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit, listen to it, with full conviction. Just the other, the other day, we were sitting down with Paul and Hannah McClure, who came and led worship so powerfully at Good Friday. And it was just amazing. It was our first time actually getting to know them. And so we sat down and they started to ask us the story of our church and how things began and how we kind of got going. And Jill started to tell them a story. She tells them the story of our first ever meeting as a church. Shout out to the Pumpkin Church downtown. We're there and we're just telling this story. Jill starts telling, she, she says, it was our first service and Matt had never preached a message before. And I said, babe, you didn't have to share that much information. Could have kept that one just off the table. But in hindsight, I love that she shared that. Because then Paul asked me, like, how did you, how did you, what did you do? I was like, I don't know. I said, actually, I do know it's the Holy Spirit. Because one day I I didn't know how to do any of this, but then God called us, the Holy Spirit came in in power, and then we're able to do what we need to do. This is what happens with the risen life. Is somewhere along the way we understand, man, I can try to do this in my own strength and fail, or I can ask the helper to help me, and then I can succeed. It's new power that comes with resurrection life. And then finally, what comes is new life. New abilities, new power, new spirit, new eyes, new heart, and essentially new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you've heard this verse before. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Some of you need to declare today, the old has passed away. Dead and buried had the funeral service, gone to it, got the t-shirt, I've moved on. The old has passed away. Behold, grab a hold of the new has come. What is it that God is wanting to bring forth in your new risen life today? Is it in your marriage? Is it in your relationship with your kids? Is it in your leadership in the, in the spiritual matters of your home? Is it you being bold enough maybe to be like Peter on the day of Pentecost and stand up filled with the Holy Spirit in your workplace and share the gospel? But this is what happens with risen life is we get to be born again to new life. So number one, we've got to understand it starts with dying and, understand, and then understand that we're born again. And then finally, and this is the truth today, that all of us will rise again. Point number three, as the team comes and joins me. Remember the promises of faith. Stand tall on the scriptures. That's why Jesus said to her in John 11, verse 25, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. I love that because essentially what he's saying is keep your eyes on me. Keep looking my way. Because whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. 
the resurrection, the risen life. To identify with his death, friends, means you're going to participate in his life. I'm going to say that again. To identify with his death, to participate in his death, which is what Good Friday is all about, by the way. That's why we, we had a cross that had a mirror on the front of it. Do you see that cross? So you can see your death in the cross as well. You can see your old way being buried. You can see the old thing going to the grave. Knowing full well that faith in Jesus Christ will bring about new life and we will rise to identify with his death means to participate with his life. And what life is that? Resurrection life. We also will rise. What does that mean? It means we will inherit eternal life. That we will spend the rest of eternity because we are in Christ Jesus. We will spend the rest of eternity with God the Father in heaven for all of eternity in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me? We're going to take a moment. We're going to worship again. This is what I want you to do. When you sing, I want you to think about new life, resurrection life. And maybe as you sing, you just need to start singing over the things that need to die looking past those things and believing for those things to to pass away. And as we sing this song, as we worship God, can I just encourage you, you're not singing a song, but you're ushering in. God through the Holy Spirit is allowing risen life to make its way in. So whatever that is, it needs to die. Maybe it's an old way of thinking. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's an emotion. Maybe it's a a thought that you have. Maybe it's something you did a long time ago that God has said, I remember no more, but you're remembering it. Maybe it's time to say it's got to go and usher in risen life. Lord, we thank you for resurrection life today. And God, as we lift our hands, as we worship you, we decide today, Holy Spirit, that you're open. You're welcome to come on in. Come on in and take the old way. Take the old thoughts. Take the old sins. Take the old habits, the attitudes. Lord, help us to walk into risen life today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you. Why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.